The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Martial arts. We like them in Shanghai. Oh wait, never mind. Vegas, Vegas. We like my Vegas. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, we are on the road to UFC 296, but we have one more stop. One more stop to the apex for UFC Vegas 83, where the bantamweight division will take center stage. Song Yudong versus Chris Gutierrez, the main event. We have a pretty fascinating light heavyweight co-main event between Anthony Smith and Khalil Roundtree. We'll talk about that and much more here as we're live on the UFC Vegas 83 preview show. Thank you for joining us on this Friday. I am Mike Heck, and I do not do this alone, thank goodness. We have my fellow New Englander, now out in Phoenix, Arizona, Mr. Jose Youngs. Where is he? There he is. How you feeling, buddy? As a Red Sox fan waiting for the Sotani sweepstakes, not feeling good? Mm, I mean, I never thought we were going to get Shohei Otani. That felt like a pipe dream. Um, the fact that the Yankees got Juan Soto is pretty annoying. Um, I'm literally waiting for the Red Sox to do anything at all, especially if Otani goes to the Blue Jays, which if he's going to go to an AL East team, I, I have the least amount of opinions on him going to the Blue Jays. So I just want it over with. Yes. Uh, also joining us, fresh off. A really spirited battle on BTL yesterday against Luke Thomas, Mr. Jed Mishu, the now president of the Mike Bobo fan club. Oh, Shang Vegas, baby. How you doing, Jed? You're muted, but I know what you're saying. Mike, great to be here. Thank you for that incredible introduction. I, I agree with everything you just said, right? You nailed it. It's <laughs> shocking how impressive you are reading lips, Mike. Those were all the words I said. There's nothing negative in that. So happy to be here for Shang Vegas, baby. Let's go. 
Yes, nothing to demonetize us so early into the program. We appreciate that. Uh, Jose, look, mm-hmm. you are a fan of a high-level martial arts competition. And while stakes and storylines are fun, oftentimes we just get a really fun card. We just get a nice fun card with some compelling matchups and some decent storylines. I feel like for you know the typical crop of Apex events, just looking at it matchup for matchup, this is, this is pretty decent. This is a pretty good card, is it not? Yeah, it's not by it's by any means not the worst fight night card we've ever had at the Apex, and it's not the best. If we're on a scale of one to ten, I it's probably like a six and a half, seven ish. I know that's kind of a cop out because seven seems to be the the grade that we give anything that we don't want to say is good or bad. Um, but the top three fights are a lot of fun. Even like the whole main card is fun in terms of matchups there's not a lot of stakes whatsoever it seems like a lot of placeholder fights for guys defending their ranking or possibly getting another fight after this but no one on the main card is fighting for a title anytime soon meritocracy wise the co-main event maybe just because there's a storyline with the champion with one of the individuals but a lot of fan favorites a lot of fighters that fans enjoy talking about i'm already seeing some in the, the 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 comments right now which i'm can't imagine how many turtle emojis are going to pop up as the longer we talk about this card but um yeah a lot of fun a lot of fun names a lot of fun matchups but again not a lot of title implications on this card jed you you're you're a pretty honest guy and you're on btl and you put this card over a bit how are we feeling now the day before mike look 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 right here mike i'm sorry we're (laughs) oh we have a star do, do do you see that that's a, a one star Shulin star right there. Uh, this is a first. I think this might be the first Apex card that has ever earned a star. But, you know, it's the holiday season. Hanukkah started. Christmas is right around the corner. I'm feeling a little generous. And it's a good card. It has its flaws. The fact that it's not going to start until 10 p.m. East Coast is going to be tough. But like Jose said, the uh, top couple of fights here are, are quite good. And the rest of the main cards just has like – good interesting matchups between there's like a lot of top 30 dudes on this card right there's not a lot of super high end i think the you know the main event is two top 15 ish bantamweights and then the co-main event i guess clue around is probably a top 15 late heavyweight i didn't actually go look and then but there's still bottom end of those top 15 there's not like a top five guy competing this week but you got those and then you've got several top 30 ish dudes across a smattering of decent weight classes so I think it's going to be fun. It's only 11 fights as of now. You never know. Weigh-ins could always mean we lose one more, particularly since uh, Luana Santos missed weight by a whole lot. So we'll see how that fight ends up playing out. Um, if we get down to 10, then this is just a tidy little Saturday evening. So it's it's earned a coveted Mishulin star. Wow. Yes, yeah, so Luana Santos missed by three pounds. No word on whether or not that fight will go on. I assume it will with a nice hefty you know, forfeiture of purse percentage to the opponent, but we'll see what happens. Uh, our guru of weigh-ins, Alexander K. Lee, uh, is monitoring everything. Uh, everyone has stepped on the scale except for Anthony Smith. He's the one guy who has not stepped on the scale yet, and we will let you know what happens there. But Jose, let's talk about the Spain event. Bantamweight division never really lets you down. We got Song mm-hmm. Dong, young, hungry whippersnapper. Even though he lost to Corey Sanhagen, he proved he belonged at the top echelon of this division, that he can hang with those guys. Great performance even in defeat. 
He's bounced back. Great performance gets Ricky Simone. And now he gets Chris Gutierrez here. It's a little bit of a step back compared to those two gentlemen. But this is – Chris is still tougher than a $2 stake, quoting the good old – quoting good old Jim Ross. But uh, what do you think of the matchup here? Song Yudong versus Chris Gutierrez, who has quietly put together a really solid resume since entering the UFC a few years back. Yeah, I love this fight. Love everything about this fight. This seems like two – individuals uh to bantamweights to young bantamweights especially song he's still one of the youngest like in any division's top 15 uh the third straight main event correct if i remember correctly um two very different types of strikers chris gutierrez seems to just kind of beat you like methodically and violently like he cuts you up and song Yudong has this thudding power that can just turn your brain off especially later in the rounds uh like he did to R- ricky simone the knockout I, I believe was in the fifth round even so uh yeah he, he was in there with Corey sanhagen Corey sanhagen is just like a top four bantamweight in the world uh but he was right there with him until the doctor stoppage so i love everything about this fight i'm glad that they're getting a main event this obviously if they're going to a city that's not you know like this fight was supposed to be in Shanghai, it would have made sense for Song to headline. I don't think this would could headline a card like last weekend in Austin or if they went to San Antonio or Charlotte or whatever. But this is a good apex main event. I want to see Chris Gutierrez in a five-round fight, Song Yudong. I feel like we've been talking about him as a future uh, title contender for a long time to the point where he's no longer a prospect. Um, yeah, I love everything about this fight. Awesome main event. I know there's the co-main event seems to have people talking a lot more but in terms of the actual fight and skill-wise, the questions they present, I'm glad this is the the, the main event because I want to see Chris in a five-round fight and how he does against like a top seven Bantamweight. I think he deserves that. I know the word deserves is, is kind of a uh, – we don't like throwing that word around in the mixed martial arts world, but I think he's put in the work. He deserves at least a shot at a five-round fight and a top ten opponent. So, I, yeah, love everything about this main event. Jed, kind of a similar question to last week because we had Armin Sarukian versus Midian Dariush, and we saw the betting lines. You're obviously one half of the betting tandem with no bets barred. Uh, and a lot of people, myself included, thought line was a little wide for Armin Sarukian, that Benny had a lot of value and turned out that was not really the case because Sarukian delivered in spades. But look at the betting lines here. Song Yudong, almost a minus 400. He's minus 380. The comeback on Chris Gutierrez is plus 300. Look, I know Song has been in there with higher competition he's a little more proven in terms of guys he's fought and guys he has wins over but chris gutierrez is no slouch i'm kind of surprised to see chris gutierrez such a big underdog here do you feel that this line is a little wide here yep and that gives me a whole lot of concern because like you said we had this exact same conversation last week and it it took your boy all of 64 seconds to be like yeah no uh Line was okay. Line was totally fine. There wasn't a lot of value in Benio Dariush. And so, like, honestly, this could be extremely similar where it's like I this feels like Chris Gutierrez is super tough. I think he's only been stopped once in his career. Yeah, Song, you know, hits like a truck or whatever, but Chris Gutierrez is really tough, really dogged, and, like, the way he fights makes him a problem as fights go on too. I mean, the low kicks are just going to be there. Song's going to have to deal with it. In my head, this fight is much closer. I would still favor Song Yudong. Like, I am very high on his prospects in this weight class. But it seems a bit steep. Um, but, I mean, I guess that's just because other people are on the train. Like, we're 
his last couple of performances. Yeah, he lost to Corey Sandhagen, but as Luke pointed out on BTL yesterday, that fight was really competitive until the cut. Like, Song Yudong did not get totally steamrolled in that fight, uh, and uh, Corey Sandhagen's one of the very best fighters in the world. So I, I, I understand it, but I still think this line should be a little closer than it is. Jose, you made a really interesting point about Song Yudong. Like, you don't call him a prospect anymore, but in some... In a lot of cases, when when people talk about Song, it's like he's still a 21-year-old kid. Like, oh, we get it, just kind of slow roll him. Oh, he lost to Sanhag, and maybe that was too much too soon. And then we just, you know, we don't really need to to gas him up too quickly. But he is 26. He's been doing this for a while. And if he goes out there and beats Chris Gutierrez, he said he's going to call out for that Piotr Jan fight. Now we get Davis and Figueredo in the division, which just continues Ooh. to get deeper and deeper and deeper. Where does Song go? I mean, I know you want to see the performance before you answer this, but if he goes out, it's a step back. Yes, Chris is still very good, but it is still a step back from the Sanhagens of the world. What does a win over Chris Gutierrez do for Song Yudong at 26 years of age? I mean, it gets him another half of his paycheck, which is always the most important thing when you win. Um, But it's weird because the Bantamweight division we talk about is so fun. Uh, and there's like anyone in the top 10 could theoretically be a UFC Bantamweight champion. The problem right now, and I, and I say problem, even that's not the right word. Sean O'Malley is such a superstar that I don't see him fighting guys, you know, like Song or Chris Gutierrez or any of these guys that don't drum up a ton of interest online. And that's unfortunate. It's like when Conor McGregor won the light, lightweight champion and then he basically just fought in fights that drummed up tons of interest as prize fighters, which is not a problem. But if we're talking about deserve, I know I just said we don't use that or throw that word around, but like Marab should be fighting for the title right now. Instead, it's Marlon Vera because there's the storyline and they can sell that. I don't see Song or, or Chris Gutierrez being that guy that's going to drum up tons of interest online, especially from Sean O'Malley's fan base, which is very heavily Gen Z on social media and gaming and the weed uh, uh, consumers of the world. He's going to want guys with names like Umar, former champions like Figueredo. He even called Corey Sanhagen boring, which is just so odd because Corey Sanhagen is one of the most exciting fighters in all of the UFC, not just the bandweight division. So uh, Song will most likely you know, get into that top. I don't know where he's ranked in ours. Um, I don't even know where he's ranked in the UFC right now. But uh, it's I, I don't know. I truly don't know because there seems to be – this champion at the top that is going to pick these money fights and Sean O'Malley. And, you know, he got himself to that position. He can do what he want. Uh, I don't see song being the guy that the UFC is going to be like, you know, you have to fight this guy. Maybe obviously if they go to China, obviously I don't see Sean O'Malley flying to China to fight song Yudong in the main event of a pay-per-view, but he could get that Peter Yan fight. I think that'd be a lot of fun, especially if they do go to China, Peter Yan versus song Yudong could absolutely headline uh, a fight night in China or, you know, UFC's talked about going to Thailand a lot. Uh, Piotr Jan trains in Thailand at Tiger Muay Thai. Uh, Song Yudong can get to Thailand. I think that'd be a great you know, fight night to have a main event if the UFC wants to break ground in Thailand. I think that fight would make sense. You know, he's he has the win over Marlon Vera. That's controversial. That would have been a fun fight if Marlon Vera. I probably ranking wise too. They're a lot closer than I feel like Song and Marlon are closer in rankings than Marlon and Sean O'Malley are in the rankings. So. Any of those fights would be fun. I just don't see Song fighting for the title anytime soon just because Sean O'Malley is champion right now. Song is number 12 in our rankings. He's number seven in the UFC's rankings. And I want to get back to that in a second. But what do you think, Jed? I mean, and, and then 
on the same token, Chris Gutierrez, because yeah, he fought Frankie Edgar. Yes, it was a sad ending for the career of Frankie Edgar, but it was a big moment for Chris Gutierrez. Gets the flying knee at Madison Square Garden on a pay-per-view main card. Mark Montoya, everything he's dealt with, which you saw in the UFC Austin broadcast last week, uh, overcoming cancer and having to deal with all that. So Chris fought with a pretty heavy heart, lost to Pedro Munoz, but he kind of thought he would become like a made guy after beating Frankie Edgar. And that really didn't happen because of just the unceremonious exit for Frankie. But if he goes out there and beats Song Yudong, does that, I don't know if it makes him totally, but at least he's on much more radars here in the MMA space. What is that stake for these two guys? It's a really good question. So Gutierrez, what's at stake is any hope he has of fighting for a title or like being a top five-ish guy. If he loses this, it's probably done. And that might be a bit early, but you're right. Like he got his opportunity to be a made man, did his job and it didn't take. And that's just a bit unfortunate. sort of how the ball broke for him. And now uh, he's not old. He's 32 or whatever, but Bantamweight is not a division that you can suffer setbacks when you're in your 30s. Like it's it's just not going to work. Song, like, and, and conversely, if he wins, like now he has won a main event over a guy that some people know and that is at least highly touted. Like he he now gets to be in that conversation uh, for, you know, a top 10 dude next. Song, I think Song obviously going to get a little bit more push if he gets a win here. He'll get to fight up instead of defending his position. But who he's going to fight, I, I have no idea. And that's that's sort of the trick about what's about to happen here. Because Jose pointed out correctly that Sean O'Malley is probably not taking on all comers as the champion. But this is going to get way worse than just that. We, this is about to be – Bantamweight is about to be lightweight you know, four years ago where O'Malley is this budding superstar and he's going to fight Cheeto Vera. And if that goes well – then I truly don't know who he will deign to fight, but it won't be a lot. And conversely, if Cheeto wins, I love Cheeto, and I don't think Cheeto's afraid of anybody, but Cheeto, by beating Sean O'Malley, already Cheeto is a star. He will elevate to such a level that he will now not want to really fight backwards and fight Marab or whatever, because what does that do for you? This this is a situation Lightweight had after Connor won and then beating Connor elevated you. They're it's just going to create this jumble. And so Song's going to, like, if he wins this fight, it's great. He's number seven or whatever in the UFC, just lost to Corey Sandhagen. I don't think he's going to get the Piotr Jan fight. I mean, I guess maybe he could, but sort of feels like Davidson Figueredo's got the inside track on that, which then leaves him as who? Like, who's he fight? Does, does he just get stuck with the Marab Valashvili pill? Does he get stuck with the Umar pill? Like, uh, I'm not sure what either man is fighting for other than to not lose traction in a weight class that is really, really, really hard to to move up the mountain on. Maybe fights Rob Font. Could just do that one. They were supposed to fight in August anyways. But mm. Font if, coming off the loss, like is that – Two losses, you, right? No, like, he knocked like out four Oh, yeah, two. And four, last year, right? Yeah, but like four in his last five or whatever. Like I don't. Yeah. Does that does that appeal to? Because that also will still I mean, be fighting backwards for him. Figueredo <laughs> seems to be the linchpin. Like if they do make like the Peter Yan fight is awesome in terms of like how that fight will play out. But mm-hmm. is anyone going to bat an eye if they book Figueredo versus Dominic Cruz, like two former champions fighting each other, and then that frees up Peter Yan? That would also be a lot of fun. It just Figueredo. You're so close. It's a there's a different former champion that Figgy Smalls needs to be fighting, and his name is Cody Garbrandt. 
Yeah, could be too. Hey, look, he's got hey, a look, fight in a week. I know. Yeah, Cody comes through that. Let's do it, man. Figgy Cody, let's make it happen. That frees up Piotr. We're all gravy. Hey, look, like you said, Jed, Marlon Vera, if he beats, he's already in a in one of the tiers of of stars right now. He goes out there and just obliterates Sean O'Malley. He gets over even more. He wants that Song Yidong fight back. He felt like he kind of got the big fat hose job there. So maybe he calls for that. Maybe he calls for the rematch. Maybe he's got a little think, bit of clout. I think Cejudo's just the guy who's going to fight for a title after. I think Cejudo's about to fight. Cejudo's about to fight Marab. Yeah, they got a number one contender. Because if Cejudo beats Marab, then they're on. If Cejudo, the winner of Marab and Cejudo, there really is no argument in giving him There's the no shot. Argument. Like that would be deserving, and they would be a big fight. Yeah. Yep. Bantamweight's fun. I don't know if O'Malley takes the fight. <laughs> I, I wouldn't if I were him. With Marab, he'd fight Cejudo for sure. I'd fight Cejudo, but I'd still probably would be bad. I wouldn't fight Marab though. That's just going <laughs> to not work out well for you, man. Well, we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, let's go to picks right now. Song Yudong, like I said, Jose, big favorite, minus 380. The comeback in Chris Gutierrez, plus 300. Will the leg kicks prevail the longer the fight goes? Or is Song Yudong going to get his hand raised at the end of the night? I think Song Yudong is going to get his hand raised at the end of the night. I I filled in for you on onto the next one a few weeks ago or months ago, I, whatever fight card that was, and I made a point where, yeah, winning like who you beat, I look at, but I look at more of who you lost to and how you lost to, and being kind of neck and neck with Corey until Corey kind of took over a slight edge until the cut is a lot more impressive than Chris Gutierrez's wins, I think, and I know he lost to Kyla Phillips, uh, but he also you know beating Marlon Vera. Even if it was controversial, still beating Marlon Vera, beating Julio Arce, beating Casey Kenny, beating all these guys, knocking out Ricky Simone in the fifth round is super impressive. And Chris Gutierrez did knock out front kick uh, Frankie Edgar. It was Frankie Edgar in his last fight ever. Uh, outside of that, I just think Song Yudong has looked more impressive against higher level competition. I'm not going to pick him to get knocked out. Uh, I can't even remember Chris Gutierrez ever getting knocked out. I know he's been submitted. I don't but think I, he has. Never been yeah. knocked out. I know he's been not sum- submitted by Hani Barcelos, which might have even been his UFC debut. I that can't was even, his I, UFC debut. Yeah, that was on a tough finale or a UFC fight night. It was, one of those. It was, one of the tough, it was one of the tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I just I think he's so talented and so durable, and that gym is on fire right now. I just think Song pulls off. I think Song pulls off the decision. Jed, you're going what with the Song, f- right? What are you doing? What? Sorry, I'm watching the PFL, and this referee is an asshole. Um, Why are you want? Wait, yeah. oh, wait a second. So you're watching the PFL, and nobody else can, at least in the U.S. Yeah, I mean you can, <laughs> but it's Sucks not to me. <laughs> technically. Don't worry about how I'm watching the PFL, Mike. We good. Uh, this referee just just bungled something though, uh, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm picking song. I. I just am super high on him. I think Gutierrez is – I think he's going to be in there the whole time. Um, if Song stops Gutierrez, then that will really, really be impressive because like Jose was saying, dude's never been stopped. He's extremely durable. Uh, I think he's just got a little bit too much firepower on the feet. And while Gutierrez maybe like, – it's, it's going to hang in there and like not not concede or whatever, I think it's just going to be uh, – he's, he's eating the heavier shots over the course of time. The leg kicks are really interesting, but – I suspect that Team Alpha Male has at least some sort of a plan for mitigating that as best they can and doing enough to kind of win 
four rounds out of five, maybe just three out of two. But uh, I, I like Song Yedong here in this spot. Though I do have a bet on Chris Gutierrez. Yeah, I, I think there's value on Chris at, at that number. That's 300. And, <laughs> yeah, if he, I mean, if he sticks around, I mean, things could get real interesting. I know Song Yedong doesn't wrestle a lot. He's not a big takedown guy. Like he gets them when he wants them, but he doesn't do it all that often. I kind of think he's going to wrestle here a little bit. I think he might just kind of wear on Chris and take those leg kicks out of the equation, at least early on. What ha- what's happening? Um, he's trying to hit the dummy arm bar. It's great. <laughs> it's wow. the, from scar position where you try and get the straight arm lock with your legs. Uh, and instead he's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, sort of bad MMA happening in PFL Europe right now. Wow. That's, that's the co-leader for you. I'm picking Song Yudong. Long story short, I'm picking Song Yudong. I think he wins the decision. I think Chris hangs out, uh, gets gets to the end, gets to the final horn. Uh, I don't know if it's a 49-46 or 48-47. I do think, I do think Gutierrez can make this real interesting. I do think he can keep this thing close. Uh, but I could see a world where Song wins the first two rounds. Maybe Gutierrez wins round three, and then we get real interesting. So, But I do think Song uh, is able to stave off a last-ditch effort from Chris Gutierrez to try to get him out of there, and Song gets the victory. So there you go. Jed just has me enthralled by what's going on with this right. PFL Europe card. Look, the smart cage, smart cage catches a lot of flack, and it should. This is objectively funny as they have a strike counter going, and he so he's got uh, he's got homie in the scarf hold lock, and he's trying to attack the arm, but he's also just got this little headlock, and so he's jamming punches right here, and the ticker is just going up one by one. <laughs> I won and it's 90 <laughs> ground strikes as he's doing this to this guy and trying to break his arm with his legs as objectively funny good work smart cage yes shout out to the smart cage the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba DraftKings brings you same game parlays live betting odds boosts and so much more don't miss out as the nba postseason winds down and new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, Jose, we got Anthony Smith taking a fight on a little under two weeks notice. Uh, took the fight, I believe Dana White made the announcement the day of the PFL World Championship, the day after Thanksgiving. Stepping in against Khalil Roundtree, who's on a real good run right now. I don't know if you got to see this man on the scales. Okay. He looks freaking shredded. He looks ginormous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Smith still yet to weigh in, but... Like you said, man, there, there's a lot on the line here. Like Anthony Smith taking this fight as, as an underdog is one thing. He's got history with the current champion right now. They're mm-hmm. going back and forth in the headlines. And you can't bench Alex Pereira right now. Like he's got oh. too much momentum coming off <clears throat> of the title win that I don't think they're going to have him wait to fight Jamal right. Hill or whoever it right. is. Rakic isn't even fighting Blahovich anymore. I feel like there's a lot on the line here for Anthony Smith. And if you look at Cleo Roundtree's current resume and guys he's beat, it is not out of the realm of possibility for Anthony Smith to be competitive, possibly even win mm-hmm. this fight. I really like this fight. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I really like this fight too. If Cleo Roundtree wins, he's not fighting for the title. I would imagine that the winner of Johnny Walker and Kalayev, the rematch, they'll probably get preferential treatment for a title shot, especially if they win fantastically. And it's that's is that the main event of the first fight night of the year next year? It's, I know it's a main event sometime in Q1. I just don't remember the exact date. Anthony that Smith winning, Anthony Smith winning, especially if it's by a, uh, an impressive stoppage. I could see them giving him the title shot just because, you know, they have been going back and forth. Anthony Smith is a really obviously a incredibly talented uh, analyst and he's very good on the microphone so he can sell this fight. Uh, anytime you get any sort of emotion from Alex Pereira, uh, that seems to be, you know, a, a th- it's, it's almost the impossible. Like to get him to show any sort of anger, happiness, sadness, any sense of anything. And Anthony Smith drums that up uh, just based off what he said that I honestly, I don't disagree with what he was saying about Alex Pereira, that he is a, a big, scary guy, but there are a lot of weaknesses in his game. And I think Anthony Smith's skill set as an incredibly high level jujitsu practitioner, like, yeah, he's got all these knockouts, and all these TKO wins. He is so talented at jujitsu that I think if there's one guy he's going to beat in the light heavyweight division, that's champion. I feel like Alex is the guy. I don't see him beating uh, a lot of guys in the top five for the title. Alex might be the one because where Anthony Smith is really good, Alex is that's his biggest weakness. So they can make that happen, especially if Alex doesn't want to wait, wait around. Uh, the Jamal Hill fight would be super interesting too uh, in, in terms of Alex. But yeah, I think Anthony Smith losing would probably put a big dent in his title aspirations, but Anthony Smith winning. He's, we're ta- the fact that we're having this debate is, is telling. <laughs> Could Anthony Smith fight for the title next? And we're all, most of us would be like, yeah, that is a realm of possibility. It's super interesting. Um, 
Uh, I don't I don't love that he's taking this fight on short notice again because I don't like when anyone's doing that against someone that could kick your knee the other way like Khalil Roundtree. But something tells me that, you know, Anthony Smith training with Mark Montari, he's taking a lot of leg kicks, uh, especially in that gym. Uh, it's going to be an awesome fight. I haven't even decided who I'm picking to win yet. Uh, but, yeah, love this fight. Love everything about it. So I'm glad Khalil's getting a, a big name. Uh, I, who is he supposed to fight? Merzikhanov. Yeah, a guy with an OV at the end. That would have been real bad. Anthony Smith has a bigger name and is probably a guy that's a, not an easier fight, but the risk to reward is a lot bigger against a guy that ends in OV in the UFC. And Anthony Smith is a big name that fans know from ESPN. So I think this is obviously a better fight for Khalil. Uh, yeah, awesome fight. Love everything about it. Jed, your thoughts on the matchup? Uh, look, we know Cleo Roundtree's not getting a title shot if he wins. It, him and Alex Pereira in the future is ridiculously fun. Yeah, Are uh, you sure? but it's not. It's not right. Come on, it's not right now. It's not right now. Who who's getting it? Who's getting it right now? Look, if if we're in a world where Anthony Smith can get in there and get it, and I I agree that like that's very possible. If he gets the W here, cuts a promo, there's some heat there. I'm just saying, Cleo Ronchi goes in. It's his fifth win in a row. Anthony Smith, a former title challenger, well-known guy, well-liked guy. If he comes in there, he dusts up Anthony Smith, and he gets on the mic and is like, Dana White, uh, Sean Shelby, everybody, guess what? I'm 3-0 against glory kickboxers in the UFC. I make my bread. My bread and butter is beating glory kickboxers. One of them's holding the belt. I'm going to come blow that dude up. I'd watch it. We'd all tune in to watch it because let me tell you, one, there's not a clear cut contender as we've established. And two, does that fight have any possibility of being boring? There's zero chance that if you put clear <laughs> junior and Alex Pereira into a fist fight in a cage, that it's fireworks are not going to ensue. There's, there's a lot worse reasons to book a title fight. Then I don't really have anything else going on. And this would be pretty damn sick. So I think that there is an outside chance he could do it. He's got to cut a heck of a promo, just getting a W and being like, I'll beat whoever is not going to do it. But you can throw his name in a hat and maybe make it happen for him because there isn't somebody who is demanding to get the next title shot. And Pereira wants to stay active, right? Like he wants to get in there and fight kind of early next year. I think Roundtree needs to make a statement and make an effort here, but I think he ha also has a chance. Not as good as if Smith wins, but I still think he's got a shot at it. It would be a fun fight. Uh, by the way, Anthony Smith did make weight, 205 and a half. Good to go for his fight with Khalil Roundtree. Also, don't forget the promotion literally less than a year ago elevated jamal hill from number eight to title contender on a whim they can absolutely do the same thing with Khalil roundtree if he goes and dusts up one of their favorite sons like i think this is i think that really can't happen and it should It'd i be mean awesome. and who is jamal hill supposed to fight before they did that anthony smith circle, baby full, full, we're going full circle, circle here uh well jed will Khalil roundtree uh at least check off the first box. Will he get the win before getting a microphone in his face? I am deeply unsure. Uh, <laughs> I, I lean towards him just because Anthony Smith is coming in on short notice, but I, and he's looked pretty faded, like not, not awful, awful, not like Tony Ferguson levels of cooked, but certainly on the well done side of, of cooked. 
It's just hard to tell because Cleo Roundtree is not a terrific defensive wrestler. And if he gets taken down, Anthony Smith can just, Anthony Smith needs two takedowns. Like that is what he needs to win this fight. And that's not asking a whole lot against Cleo Roundtree, but I am going to err on the side of one dude has been prepping for a fight. The other coming in uh, at least without full preparation and Cleo Roundtree is just a hammer. So give me Roundtree by KO in the, first or second jose have you landed anywhere here it's tough it's a tough one yeah if this was if if this was the original booked fight and anthony smith was you know coming in on like an eight week camp i probably would have picked anthony smith uh just because i just think he has more i think khalil roundtree is very extremely good like jed said at a very specific aspect of mixed martial arts and we haven't really seen anything else outside of that he's an incredible kickboxer muay thai practitioner striker like knocking out gokan saki is incredible beating dustin jacoby is incredible uh beating uh all of these guys all of these high like welcoming chris dawkins who at one point was on a short list for one of the heavyweight prospects uh in all of mixed martial arts is very impressive anthony smith has more losses than Cleo Roundtree has like total fights in his entire career. So we've seen more of the tool bag in Anthony Smith. He's been in more main events. So I'm just going to play devil's advocate. And I say this still 50, 50 on the fence. I'm just going to pick Anthony Smith by submission so I can be different because it's boring when everyone agrees all of the time. So I'm going to say uh, Anthony Smith, second round submission. I think he's going to, you know, shoot in or get him against fence, take him down and then just rear naked choke him. I'll the Ryan span fight, the first Ryan span fight. I I love this pick, Jose, because that is what I have a bet on <laughs> in this fight. You have Anthony Smith by submission? By submission, yeah. <laughs> like he's he's a pretty big underdog and he has like a very clear path to win. So Anthony Smith yeah. by submission's plus five fifty is like that seems really possible. This, this is also and I'm not comparing any of these guys to each other. But when Tristan Connolly took that short fight against Michelle Pereira, he said he took that fight on short notice because he's trained with a lot of guys that are like Michelle Pereira. So he's like, I know what I can do. I probably wouldn't have taken the short fight against someone with a, a different skill set. Yeah, I it's see. It's also your, the I, most insane thing I've ever heard. I've trained with a lot of dudes like Michelle Pereira. Lunatics? Yeah, prior Capoeira, to his, like Capoeira recent fighters. run, he yeah, was just Capoeira, a nutcase. Capoeira fighters, more specifically. So I feel like Anthony Smith, especially you know at uh, um, with Mark Montoya, has fought a lot of guys that are very good kickboxers. So like I've, Dustin Jacoby, like Dustin Jacoby. I'm not saying this is. Anthony Smith has said this, but since Tristan Connolly has said that, I kind of look at fights, short notice fights like that. Like, I don't think Anthony Smith would have taken a fight against, say, like, uh, I don't know, who's, who's, a, who's a guy in the light heavyweight division that Anthony Smith hasn't fought that is incredibly well run. I can't, like, I don't think he'd take a short notice fight against Ankaliyev again because, off. you know, or any, yeah, perfect. The, the perfect. If it went the other way, if it was exactly, though. don't know if this was a fight he would have taken, but like, Anthony Smith's probably fought a lot of kickboxers and has probably been the main. And like Mike said, I have a feeling that Anthony Smith trains with Dustin Jacoby before Dustin Jacoby fought Khalil Roundtree and watched that fight and knows what to do. So, you know, not saying Anthony Smith said this, not saying this is why he took it, but something tells me Anthony Smith has fought a lot of high level kickboxing in his career. Yeah. Because, like, when I wrote that story up 
that day when Dana announced it, my first like initial thought was why I was like, Ooh, this is bad. And then I really thought about it. And I was like, Anthony's a pretty smart guy. Like he's, he's beyond the days of I'll just fight every weekend. He's pretty strategic about it. What he wants to do. He wants to continue to fight, but he is a little more strategic about things. Yeah. So I'm with you. Like if this is Merzikhanov needing a short notice replacement, I don't think he does this, but I think he sees something in this matchup that makes him extremely confident. Yeah. And I am I am picking Anthony Smith as well. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a submission. I do think he gets. I do think he gets a stoppage, whether it's a a submission or like a, a he gets in full mount and delivers a TKO or something of that nature, but. Um, it wouldn't shock me at all if Cleo Roundtree went out there and just knocked him out in the first round. Like that could very sure. well happen. But like Jed said, he's got a clear path to victory. If he can get a couple of takedowns, he's probably going to win this fight. And I think he gets that. So of every fight on the main card, this fight could end in any way, and I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. It could be a knockout. It could be a submission. It could be a split decision. It could be a thirty twenty five. It could be a draw. It could be a DQ, if, and none of us if would Khalil be like, yeah. taps him. I'll be surprised. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be pretty but yeah. weird. But yeah, that'd that's about weird. it. Do you know what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah. outside of yeah. that, anything could happen in this fight. And I'd be like, yeah, that could. That is very easily a, a realm of possibility. It's a good one. It's a good fight. Awesome. Sneaky good. Very, very good. Uh, Suma Deji, Tim Elliott, Nazareth Hackpress, Jamie Malarkey. Um, that's part of the main card. Main card opens with... The Iron Turtle. I'm sure very yeah. popular, very popular fighter in the comments in the chat right now. Uh, taking what. on Andre Muniz, man. Go ahead. I'll tell Is that you what, what opens the main card? It's either the first mm-hmm. or second fight of the main card. I'll tell you what. When one of the days you were not here, you were – I think, Mike, you were either on vacation or out or something, and Casey was also out. I had to produce the post-show, and I – no, it was Jed and Eric, but was I? I don't remember who was hosting. It might have just been you two, and then I came in and did the Casey role. And probably when I had to queue up fan questions, I literally couldn't find questions because it was just flooded with turtle emojis nonstop. <laughs> there was probably like six sixty just comments of turtle emojis. So yeah, you could say uh, the Iron Turtle's popular, dude. The yeah. tur- the turtle is in the MMA hour chat every week. They love the turtle. Oh yeah. And he's fighting Andre Muniz, Jed. Remember ranking shows over the last this 18 the months or so? This is the best. I was talking about Andre Muniz. This is Remember? A plus matchmaking. <laughs> I mean, geez. I mean, we were talking about like this guy could fight for the belts. Like this guy could definitely fight for the belt. And then bam. We got hooked. Just, we got hooked. Brandon Allen. Then Paul Craig, and now he's staring down the barrel of a three-fight losing streak here, Jed. It's crazy. What this sport, the the turns, the momentum swings, the roller coaster ride that is MMA. It's pretty wild. Look at you guys, you guys just picked the wrong middleweight when the Iron Turtle was sitting there just taking scalps and <laughs> it, Andre Muniz ran into In a wall. our defense, he tapped Jacare. What the hell else are we supposed to think? Hey man, like that's. <laughs> That's just an insane thing. Like, Amen. oh, sure, he lost Azamat Mirzakhanov a million years ago, but also Mirzakhanov's pretty decent in his own what, right. You're, 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 t- tell- you're, you're telling me submitting Jacare is better than pulling off a decision win against Marc-Andre Berrio? The disrespect. <laughs> you, you know, at the time, uh, particularly given that you're coming off a loss, it's, I would have said, yeah. Uh, but 
that's why this fight's great. Mike talked about it yesterday. Like this is this is Sean Shelby just dealing right here. Let's take one of the great overachievers in middleweight in the middleweight division and really just in the UFC in general today in, in the Iron Turtle and Junior Park. And let's pair him against one of the great underachievers in Andre Muniz, <laughs> given how how much hype, how much expectation we had on him. And he has just laid the biggest goose egg in his last two outings. And let's match him up and let's see how these two these two forces meet. Yeah. I got to say, it seems pretty likely that's what's going to happen is that the overachiever is going to beat the underachiever. Yeah. And Duh. suddenly Andre Muniz is going to be on a three-fight losing streak. And we're going to look back and be like, Dude, you guys remember when he broke Jacare's arm? That was pretty wild. Can't believe yeah. that's a thing that happened. And so it's just, I, I have no idea what to make about Andre Muniz. I love this fight. I think this is exceptional matchmaking. And I'm excited for the ride of the Iron Turtle to continue on. And then people forget that that Andre Muniz's win over Uriah Hall was not even remotely exciting. Like that was no, just. It was, it was ugly. Yeah, like I was in. I actually got to watch that fight backstage because there was nothing happening. I'm like, I feel like this is just one 15 minute round. But yeah, I feel I agree with you. That that was when we we're all like, huh? We expected more, but he still won. That's fine. Like he still yeah. won. He's gonna beat Brendan Allen, and then Brendan Allen just hustled him, just embarrassed him. Yeah, and then that's it. And now he's done. Anyway, fickle yeah. sport. Trickus two plus C was on that card too, and things got a little hairy there. That was uh, that was a big middleweight card that had the championship at the top. That had Muniz, that was Brad Tavares, uh, CDP. Brad Tavares. Yeah, DDP beat Brad Tavares on the prelims. Uh, Alex Pereira KO'd Strickland. That was a big middleweight Dude, card. Just think about it at the time, because like if you'd asked anyone, probably anywhere, I mean, like. Which of these middleweights is going to do more? Is it going to be Drickus Duplessis, who looks tired four seconds in and, and like, has to beat Brad Tavares in a nip tuck? Or Andre Muniz, who just tapped Jacques Ray? We're all like, mm -hmm. Andre Muniz is the future title challenger. Mm -hmm. And boy, we were all wrong. We had Muniz in, like, like most of us had Muniz in the top there. 10. <laughs> uh, crazy sport. Crazy sport. Uh, but big, uh, looking at this card... Back. Looking of the six middleweights, Alex Pereira, Sean Strickland, Drinkus Duplessis, Brad Tavares, Andre Muniz, Uriah Hall. Muniz is at best the fourth best one of those middleweights and quite arguably five. <laughs> Damn. And we would have all put him one. Like, I think everyone at the time would have been like, that's the best middleweight on the card. <sighs> this I remember gone. those days. Yep. I remember those days very well. I remember watching that fight with you, Jose, like literally in the same room with you or the same tent, if you will, uh, at T-Mobile Arena, International Fight Week 2022. What a time. Oh, yeah. You were at that card, huh? I was God. there. I was there. What a difference 18 months can make. <laughs> it really can. Really can. Uh, Casey, come on in. There he is. Oh, God. He's got the guns out right now. Hey. You're hurting people's feelings, Casey. Put a shirt on. What do we got here? What, what are the peeps saying? Oh, very nice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Very nice. All right, to the peeps. Um, not too many questions, honestly, uh, today. Nope. But, uh, no low-key banger? Yeah. What's the low-key banger, Jed? Low-key banger. Oh, okay. I, I have talked myself into the uh, actual card opener of uh, Ryan DeSantos to lead a, a Alan Carr because – 
I mean, this is an atom weight fight, which is kind of fun. Like it's it's masquerading as a straw weight fight, but both of these women are really atom weights. Mm-hmm. And Alan Carr's a eight billion time over world champion. Dos Santos is the Invicta champion who I mean, I guess not technically is was now, right? Like she didn't lose it, but she joined the UFC. Really good, but also primarily a grappler. I think it's probably gonna be super fun scrambles and I'm I'm in on it. So it's a good one. Shout out to the to the card opener. Jose? Tetsuya Retire, baby. I'm always excited yeah. to watch him fight. Four yeah. wins in a row. Uh, fifth with fifth. He's in a, I feel like he's going to be a guy next year that we're going to be talking about. Like when we do the which unranked guy could possibly fight for the title. Like Tetsuya Retire. Is he unranked? I dev- he has to be ranked, right? I honestly don't know. I could. I feel him. relatively confident that I put. I've given him a ranking because I, I think love it's just his competition, dearly. not not really him yeah. himself. It's true. It yeah. is true. It has been it's terrible. not because he's. They're slowly building him up. He's fighting a lot of guys that don't have Wikipedia pages. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm always done. I always enjoy watching him fight. Uh, he's what twenty two. 20 yeah 23 yeah uh also he's his post fight interviews in january his post fight press conferences are so endearing like when he was like what are you going to do to celebrate this and that and he was so excited to go to in and out and then he apologized (laughs) to his mouthpiece for throwing it he's like i'm very sorry to my mouthpiece Uh, i won't do that to you again like he spoke to his mouthpiece as if it was a sentient being uh yeah i'm i'm looking forward to his press if he wins his press conference just as much as his fight what what do you guys think about how the UFC or maybe uh Tatsu Tatsu how do you say his first name? Tatsuro. Tatsuro, sorry, Tatsuro Tatsuro Tyra. How do you think they're handling his um bringing him up because clearly he's doing the opposite of what we usually get from Rikaios. prospects. I mean, I don't think he's been even on a main card. He's been on like on the, the prelims of the prelims. So, I'm kind of I don't know. What do you think? This is very un-UFC. I don't really get it either because, I mean, like he and Mikhaev are – I would – like they're basically the same age and honestly probably the same level of prospect, right? Like they're very, very good. And they have sort of given Mikhaev a huge bump uh, immediately. And I honestly would have thought it would be the other way just because they – how many great Japanese fighters does the UFC currently have? Like, um, Tyra can be that dude for them. I think it's a little different in the fact that Mohamed Mahayev was like 28 and 0 as like an amateur, so he had a crazy amount of experience just fighting. I think he was he's like a multiple t- time like I he won M-M-A-F. the IMF. Yeah, yeah like a few which, times. Which, 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 you I, fight like, which you fight like four times in a week. Yeah, so, so yeah. That's how you use twenty things. You fight like eight in a month or whatever. He's yeah. also uh, he speaks Russian. He speaks English. He trains with Tom Aspinall. I just think he had more things going for him. Uh, he fought in London. He could oh, I forgot the whole English thing is definitely a big bump on him too. Yeah, I mean, it's Dog definitely easier to promote Mikhaev for sure. The UFC, like, it's very it's very good. Well, he and he just himself. gets the London spots, you know. He's fallen in London and Abu Dhabi and that's it. And now yeah. he's about to fight in Saudi Arabia. Um yeah. I just think it's easier to promote him. And they're, they're honestly they're they're giving him like every fight is another step up in competition too. They're not just throwing him into the top yeah. 5. Beating Tim Elliott is super impressive and Alex Perez if he makes weight and shows up is also going to be an impressive win if Mahayev wins. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh UFC fans or just American fans in general don't realize what a small 
imprint impact uh imprint ufc has in japan for sure it is it is not a thing like pfl honestly is probably just as big in japan as ufc is well obviously they're the (laughs) co-leaders come on dog thank you (laughs) hey don davis he nailed it (laughs) got it he's right the whole time they aren't 80 they aren't 80 percent asian so i don't know how that factors (laughs) into the co-leading part with japan that tire is super fun yeah. Dude, Tyra's super fun. One day Biggest in like three car. years, we're going to have Tyra versus Makayev for the belt, and that's going to be sick. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Garcia Costa is going to be super fun, too. We're yeah. supposed to get it last week, but we're getting yeah. it this week. It's going to be ridiculous. Yes. Uh, oh, I, I like this question. Do you guys think Anthony Smith is regretting taking this fight now that Rakic has no opponent? Maybe. That's a that's a really good question, honestly. Probably, yeah. Like, I think if the offer like if he had known if that had been on the table, hey, would you rather fight Rackage in a few weeks with like more prep time or you want to fight Roundtree? Like arguably Roundtree is the easier fight, but taking it with less prep time. Yeah. Cool. What do you think about that? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, like we've done this before haven't we though what do you mean they fought yeah but uh, they were also thought they also said they would re- they were down to rematch at yeah. one point both, oh both of them said that i didn't know that well this was when after the ratchet fight anthony smith racked up a couple wins and i oh, yeah anthony smith racked up a couple wins after the ratchet loss and i think ratchet had only fought one time since that and anthony smith got like really active so it was one of those rare occasions where it honestly also did kind of make sense ranking wise because anthony smith had won three in a row and ratchet had only won one sense and he had a long layoff and there was really no one else in that division and ratchet was like all right works for me and it just never happened yeah i just remember i, rem- I remember the first fight it, it wasn't uh, great it was not good uh it was one-way traffic <laughs> It was, and that, not that fun was to watch. basically racket took him down basically every round, right? And kind yeah. of yep. that fight was not entertaining, but it made me go, Ominous. "Oh, Ratchet, Ratchet, yeah. Ratchet, Ratchet is way better than I thought he was." He's quite good. If he yeah. could yeah. not be if, injured, he'd be better. Yeah, so <laughs> that would help well, him a lot. Big if true. Big <laughs> if true. Big if true. <laughs> Saying there you go. So in so in. November 2020 in 2021, Anthony Smith hurt his knee and that scrapped the rematch. But both guys were down to rematch. Oh, all right. Interesting. Interesting. I will say no, I will say no to that question though because I do think Anthony fighting now helps his timing out to f- potentially get a title shot because right now with Rakic no, not having an opponent, he's not even fighting in January. Now he's going to fight uh, he might not Hashka, February or March at this point. So looking like looking like March. Yeah, I mean that's Rakic would probably take. Fight. Yeah, Rakic for Hashka is probably more compelling to Rakic, and then on top of that, the further back Rakic goes from getting another fight. It helps out Anthony Smith in terms of time if he beats Khalil Roundtree and Pereira wants to fight somebody. So I would say no. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, mm. PFL? Fun? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think Tom, questions about Tom Breeze with a very slick transition right here. Nice. 
This PFL well, card actually like, has some solid names on it. It would be great if you could watch it. <laughs> I know, right? Well, Jed is we're, Jed is in Europe right now, by the way. We didn't tell anyone. Jed, is he's not in his home my, in Atlanta. My computer might think I'm in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, Jose, thoughts on the Patriots season in Belichick? So Jose's oh, this not is a, a terrific question. I'm not a Patriots fan, so. Oh, that's right. You're yeah. a Packers fan. Yes, sir. It's great, great season for you. So I yeah, will say, over, uh, over, you did it again. Say, you did it again. <laughs> uh, I spoke with John Anik earlier today. Uh, you'll see that interview, but uh, we had a little therapy session about the Patriots. For like Tommy Breeze gets the after. tap, boys. Yes, first round. Uh, they suck. Like they're so bad. Uh, their offense is, yeah, they, is, they is, won. is a travesty. Yeah, they did. Uh, they beat the Bills that this offense year. Offense actually looked scary. okay last night. Bailey's happy, man. Coming through. Uh, it's amazing what happens when you pull Mac Jones off the field. But so I heard somebody say yesterday on WEI when I was streaming it that uh, the Patriots are in a worse position now than they were when Bill Belichick took over the team. And I could Ooh. not disagree more with that yeah, statement. Yeah, I disagree with that completely disagree with that because i yeah. think they have like a decent nucleus well, they just need to get a couple more often they, they need a quarterback and they need like a receiver who can make a big play let me that's, are you, defense is good quest, hold on, hold on. Is really good question you're saying they're saying that the patriots now are in a worse position than when bill belichick took over for Pete carroll is that what you're saying essentially yeah so are you saying that they're in a better position or in a worse position I don't think it's cut and dry that they're in a worse well, position like, than they were. Well, Bel- like Pete Carroll went to the one back-to-back wild cards, if I remember correctly, when Bill Belichick took over, and they had Ty Law and Lawyer Malloy, who are inc- like Hall of Famers. Yeah. I don't see anyone yeah. on this Patriots team making the Hall of Fame. Like that Patriots team was sick. Uh, they went to the they went to the Super Bowl like three years prior. Uh, that defense was god level too. Uh, Bill Bill Bailey Zappi's got to be your guy though. Yeah. Ezekiel so, look good. Hunter Henry's look good when you actually throw him the fucking football. I mean, let's go. What are we ba- doing here? Bailey Zappi is not your guy. Uh, you guys actually screwed up. You needed to lose last night. <laughs> that was just I don't think bad so. Maneuver. I don't think so. I mean, you're still in pole position to get a top two pick, but do you, you know who has? Bill? Do you? They're know gonna trade it anyways for like four third rounders, like they always no, do. You gotta draft Drake May. <laughs> you just gotta yeah. do it. Yeah. And you got to fire Bill because Bill cannot develop a quarterback. Yeah, they suck. They're, they're not very good. But, man, if we could play the Steelers every week, we'd be 17-0 and 0 this year. Bill Belichick I, I do love Mike, Mike I do love Mike Tomlin's commitment to the bit of losing to Bill Belichick every year. 10-3, and three, baby. 10-3. and three. I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm just all right. Yeah. <laughs> Football. Belichick's cool. not going to get fired either. I don't think that's going to happen. Belichick is not. Gonna I think get they're fired. going to amicably, amicably part ways. I think Bill not Belichick, that- if anything, is just going to get elevated to just still president of football operations, and someone's just going to become that. That would be way worse. Yeah, <laughs> that would just be way worse. Bill, yeah. Bill Belichick should like they should he should if he wants to win they he should go to the Bills because Bill Belichick with that team would be sick. Just yeah, yes. just coach and ju- and only coach. Don't do anything. Don't be the GM. Don't be the director of football operations. Just just fucking coach, and I think you'll be all right. But are are you ha- are you happy, Mike, with the Patriots? Is this just part of the process of being a fan? Just 
Yeah, I can't be too upset. I cannot be too upset. Who in there? Like this is the this is the thing. We've like all so, the championships. So I can't be that thing. mad. I'm in, I'm in a rare scenario where like I grew up in New England, but I'm not a Patriots fan. So I grew up surrounded by these people. Um, <laughs> these people. <laughs> I say that Patriots fans <laughs> believe that everyone else thinks about them more than we actually do, which is odd because everyone's like, oh, they hate us. I'm like, we don't even think about you. Um, no one that watches football even thought the Patriots would finish in third. Like the the like the Jets have Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of the preseason. The Dolphins have an electric offense, and everyone knew that. And the Bills are one of the best teams when they you know play up to their standards. If you thought the Patriots were going to finish anything above fourth place, you were an idiot. Just based off, you're just basing off that off of past glory. The Patriots are performing exactly how they were supposed to terribly the afc just, is incredibly stacked they have to play three unbelievable teams in six, six times a year they were never making the playoffs yeah all i cared about this year was if could mac jones come yes. anywhere close to his rookie season yes. and boy oh boy has that not happened jeez louise coracle jones turns out to be bad at football more news at five <laughs> that's his real name yeah. So he's not I'm good not at football. Him. Like he's not. Like he he was good one year, then he's he, not good now. What happened? It's uh, uh, pretty he much a exactly very good rookie year. year. He just like he had a very like, no. How he can, just how can you be like one of the greatest athletes in the world and and then six oh, months later you just well like, it's it's the bad. football is very different in the sense that like like Alex Smith at one point when he was on the 49ers looks like he was a bust, but he had like five different coaches in five years. So it's hard to when you get a new playbook every year and you lose weapons every year, you just basically have to rebuild your offense and rebuild your approach to football, and that is difficult, especially for a player that's under thirty. The second Alex Smith got any sort of stability, he became very very good and then he got hurt and this young upstart named pat mahomes took over and you're never gonna play football again same thing as drew bledsoe this young upstart named tom brady came in when he got hurt and that's a wrap jack so mac jones needs also also if you have what's that what's that fat bearded dork that was the offense coordinator last year um matt patricia <laughs> matt patricia no, your offense coordinator offensive coordinator <laughs> If Matt, if Matt Patricia is your offense coordinator, you're going to be bad at football because he is bad at coaching the offense. Huge – that blew up in Bill Belichick's Casey, face. the shortest version of this is he was decent and then they broke him with incompetence yeah. and stupidity. Yes, correct. Yes. And now Mike Bobo will be the new offensive coordinator of the New England I Patriots. Would, I would yeah. pay so much money to send him to you. <laughs> That's just two wins for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, some some card news. Uh, Luana Santos will be fighting tomorrow. Uh, find twenty percent, twenty percent of her purse. Should have found John's making the walk to the PFL cage. And last so smart cage. Last comment. There you go. Lots of turtles. Five of Five turtles. Turtle, 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 turtle. Uh, master of disguise master of disguise <laughs> no one saw the movie film. no one uh, you actually I, saw saw I only saw the trailer and that's, i just saw the, from the it's trailer freaking it's freaking hilarious it's super funny david donatue fun. kroll is the best person alive i've decided he's about to fight brett johns this event happening pfl europe is happening in dublin he is french fighting out of switzerland and he's rolling to the cage in a mexican sombrero that is just as international as PFL could ever get right there. 
Shout love out to the that. co-leader. I love this PFL Europe um, live watch. Watch along. It's <laughs> great, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, Brett Johns is fighting. They've got like real people fighting on this card. It would real be great people. if you could watch yeah, it in America. Which you are not. You are in Europe right now. Yeah, you're in my Europe. Computer, my computer believes I am in Europe. Yes. <laughs> Someone in Europe is FaceTiming Jed. <laughs> showing their television. I got, conne- I got connections like that. Would yeah. would would would, we be, would anyone really be watching this if it was Aaron here? I mean, I know people are talking. It's not Aaron here. I'd have it on. I would. I would have it. I would have it. Have it, have it it's we're the wrong we're audience. We're, 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 we are the wrong. We are literally audience. paid to watch fights. Yeah. <laughs> but we're the wrong if people. I, if I wasn't yeah. if I wasn't paid to watch fights and I like had a day job, it's at noon. I would absolutely have it up on a screen the same way I do with like the Masters or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah, I can throw this on. I don't have to be focused. I believe those same people would still be watching it like you, like right now. They would find it. Oh, no, (laughs) I'm I'm not confident that they're going to go to the extremes that I did to investigate this fight card. Investigate. (laughs) But if it's just on ESPN, you know, my broadcast partner that I just signed a new deal with and I go to ESPN and hit the watch tab and it's one of the eight things. Like if I go to ESPN right now, shouts to ESPN, and I click watch and I scroll over, there is so much stuff. I can watch the Clemson track and field opener. I can watch... I don't even know what some of this garbage is, but I can't like the PFL couldn't get one of these things. Merrimack versus Vermont NCAA women's hockey. Merrimack. Merrimack. Shout out Merrimack. Zalgiris Taunus versus AS Monaco, a international basketball Euro league. Like you couldn't pre-sale for UFC 296. You can't get one of those to put up PFL on. The hell are we doing? ESPN, write a check. Write a check to PFL Europe, and they'll, they'll, they will air it. Well, PFL, just, just do it for free. Offer them the free content. Who cares? Just make it so people can watch your product. It's like get a VPN to do this shit. Dakota Jacob is on this car. They're trying to push her as like a potential star. But yeah, nobody's fighting can watch for her. the Europe title or whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. It's co-leader, baby. The you co-leader. PFL. You put PFL right in front of me right now. I'm probably still going to look the other way. <laughs> well, that's uh, harsh. Said, <laughs> I will go said. out of my way to not watch this. <laughs> I hate that spark oh, cage so much. All right. <laughs> we good, John? Uh, hit the music. Yeah, we're Back gonna, to Otani Watch 2023. Yeah, so Watch. I'm excited about that. Are you even allowed yeah. to talk about it? I can. I, I read we all can. anti people talking about it. He's anti people that are he he's anti like teams that are courting and talking about it. Which is why uh the oh man, who one of the owners leaked stuff to the press from Well one of the owner one of the one of the owners ran up on a journalist at the the owners meetings because the a reporter had had reported did his job that I believe it was the Cubs had met with Otani or something and then obviously Otani didn't want leaks to happen so the owner like ran up on this reporter and like got in his face totally normal sane thing yeah sports baby it's sports Uh, well Casey and I will be back Casey and I will be back tomorrow I think 7pm Eastern for the People's Pre-Fight Show we'll keep you posted but thanks for watching we'll see you tomorrow everybody 
Shang Vegas, baby. Love y'all. UFC Shang Vegas. That was ultimately why we were here, not to talk about <laughs> PFL or football <laughs> or Otani. Happy birthday, AK. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.